Would you like to 10X your productivity and stop feeling so overworked and overwhelmed? Welcome to the Extreme Productivity Podcast with New York Times bestselling author and Inc. 500 entrepreneur, Kevin Cruz. Hey there, everybody. Kevin Cruz here. Happy Friday. This Friday podcast is the kind of think of it like a bonus episode. I can chat about productivity or leadership or anything that's on my mind. I try to remember to give you a little bit of behind the scenes stuff, how we make in the sausage with our crazy AI manager training company. And if I'm a little more subdued today, it's because it is five o'clock in the morning uh, as I'm recording this. Things are just crazy. And I've got to do, let's see, great people who get up super early. It's like former Navy SEAL Jocko Willink. <laughs> if you want some motivation or just to feel horrible about yourself, <laughs> follow his Instagram. I mean, every morning he's putting up a pic of his watch as he gets out of bed at like four o'clock in the morning. Casey Neistat, amazing YouTuber, uh, movie maker, videographer. He gets up every day, like 4.30 or five o'clock to get stuff done. I don't usually get up this early, but I have to. I mean, things are just insane. Um, by the time you're hearing this, uh, well, certainly it is, uh, it is election week. I voted. I hope you voted too. Uh, so important to, to vote. And we had our first ever LeadX live event where heads of leadership development came together to thought partner and create their plans for 2019. You know, we focused on how do you scale leadership through an organization uh, let's see, we had the Bamboo HR Virtual Summit. Uh, the broadcast went out. I'd done a pre-recording. If you saw that, you saw me playing with robots and having some fun. Um, as usual, most people are saying, Kevin, you shouldn't play with robots on that video. It's so weird and unprofessional. And I'm getting pushback on the <laughs> crazy business poetry that I'm putting on LinkedIn that's getting 100,000 views, 80,000 views, 50,000 views. I'm now over 27,000 uh, connections on LinkedIn. And despite that success in terms of reaching people, you know, my more traditional business friends are saying, you got to stop doing that. It's awful. I'm not going to refer people to you. You know, it's unprofessional. It's just, that's probably a whole nother episode <laughs> itself. You know, it's like, okay, you know, to what degree do we, do we care what other people think about us? And are you doing your work to help people? Or are you doing your work to look good? You know, um, but anyway, you know, I've got the question of the week comes from a Michael M who said, so would you say that minimalism contributes to success? If so, is it because you're able to better focus on what is most important? So I'm going to dive into that in just a second. Friendly reminder, if you haven't already left a review for this podcast up on iTunes, please do so. It's the number one way we will find new listeners. It is really hard with like so many awesome NPR million dollar podcasts out there to find new listeners. Uh, and by, by ramping up our reviews, we stay relevant in the search engine. So thanks for that. And what else? Um, in case you didn't hear it, you know, this week's guest interview podcast on the lead X show, I spoke with Erica Dewan about the difference between just regular networking, which I'm a big uh, believer in, and what she calls connectional intelligence. 
She says CXQ is the next EQ. So what is the difference between connectional intelligence and just traditional networking? You can go back and listen to the show, or if you just want to read it, uh, we put the transcripts up over on the leadx.org uh, website. So, and she tells me that my 27,000 LinkedIn connections, you know, has a downside. Uh, it, it might be bad. So you could, you could dive into that. And it was kind of an interesting article in the Wall Street Journal. If you, uh, I call it, uh, well, I guess they call it also the, the H factor. It's all about humility. If you Google the best bosses are humble bosses, you'll find that article. And, you know, my reaction to that is, well, duh. Like, <laughs> of course, humble bosses are the best bosses. Um, who, who thinks that the egomaniacs and the big charisma guys are the best anymore, but apparently, uh, there's new research on it, new assessments. So you want to hire people with, with, with high humility, low ego, you can, you can do that. And it's just a normal thing where more effective, uh, leaders, there, there are signs that they tend to be humble. They tend to be introverted, but, most leaders are actually extroverted and sort of bigger ego people. And it's just because they stand out. It doesn't mean it's good. And, you know, we're hearing more and more about bias in artificial intelligence. And uh, it's because when you train AI with existing data, existing data often reflects bias in a company or society. And this, this applies to hiring as well, because if, the best, if the best leaders in your organization or the best workers in a specific role, you know, happen to be, um, uh, you know, white males with, I don't know, you know, eight years of college education, whatever, whatever it is, it just might be a reflection that that's just the pool you always hired from it. It doesn't necessarily mean, uh, it, that it's a one-to-one -one study showing that those are predictive of success. And so people are finding all kinds of bias in the algos, in the algorithms, and um, so this, this would be another area uh, to look at. Um, hopefully you're getting back into, keep an eye over at leadx.org and subscribe you know, to the newsletter over at leadx.org or kevincruz.com because we're back to doing two free webinars a month. We slowed it down over the summer, uh, but we're back to that. And um, so hopefully you'll, you'll see these are complimentary webinars that you can sign up for in advance. Oh, I also forgot, um, this is just asking a favor. <laughs> I finally released a new speaker reel, a keynote speaker demo uh, you know, video. The last time I did this, I couldn't believe it. It was literally 10 years ago. And it was so embarrassing because like, I didn't have gray hair back then. <laughs> now I've got plenty. And so you know, people would hire me looking at this demo reel and then I'd show up and they'd be looking at me weird. Like, who's this old guy? Like, did Kevin send his dad? So I didn't want to be that guy that like, you know, you see them on uh, social media, you see them uh, on like the, the book cover author photos. Uh, I don't know personally, but I'm sure you see them on, you know, match.com and Tinder where it's like the photo you use is like the best photo you ever took, you know, 20 years ago. And I was becoming that guy. So finally, uh, Katrina and I worked really hard. She did an amazing job. Uh, creating this 10 minute demo reel. And um, if you have any, so first of all, just as a favor, if you go on YouTube, you can search my name, Kevin Cruz, not the Princeton history professor. There's two of us out there, but on YouTube, I should come up pretty easily. And then just, uh, just watch a few minutes of the demo uh, video on my YouTube page. And then, you know, click a thumbs up or a thumbs down if you don't like it. 
Um, I, I would just love to get some views on it and some traction on it and, and see what you think. And I think you'll, you even if, um, in addition to just doing a favor for me, you can look at it and learn from a couple of a couple of ways. If you, I know many of you out there want to do public speaking, you want to ease into a professional speaking career, get paid to speak. You need to have a killer demo reel these days. I mean, it, you really do. The bar is really high. And so, you know, this is a, this is, you know, I've, I studied a lot of videos before putting this one together. Um, you know, I have pretty good success out there on the speaking circuit. So, uh, take a look at what we do and, and it'll inspire you. And, and you'll see some elements that again, are new, different, weird, not going to be for everyone, but it's signaling that we're a little bit more modern. We're a little more hip with it. And it's, it's, well, I don't even, I don't even want to explain what we did. Just go check it out and let me know what you think. What else? Hey, remember, if you've got 10 employees, 10 managers who you would consider getting the LeadX platform for, you know, it's very affordable and you just want to check it out, email me at kevin at leadx.org because I want to hook you up with a free pilot right now. I mean, we're doing so many cool things. In fact, today we are releasing the social feed in the iPhone app, iPhone or iPad app so that uh, your group, your team can actually be in a group as they learn about leadership and comment on things. It's a little sort of peer-to-peer -peer learning cohort. Uh, Coach Amanda is getting smarter and smarter. We just taught her about Myers-Briggs, MBTI, etc. So um, shoot me a note. If you've got 10 employees or more, we can hook you up with a, with a free pilot. And then if you guys like it, you can, uh, you can keep it. So back to this question about minimalism. You know, first of all, you know, minimalism, like if you Google the official definition, you know, it comes from uh, art, art movement of a, a minimalist style of art. But it's emerged as, you know, sort of a philosophy, uh, a way to live of like, I'm, you know, not an official definition, but of having fewer things. And it's kind of gotten to the point where it's gotten trendy. And so a lot of people think that minimalism means you only own 100 things or less. It doesn't officially mean that. Uh, just some people are using that. Like, I only will ever own 100 objects. Um, James Altucher uh, spent about a year or two. You know, he sold off throughout everything. He wanted to live uh, in a way where everything he owned fit in one bag. And he did it and he liked it. But there was a downside and then he got a fiance. So, you know, of course he had to get a place and, and all that. When Michael asks me, does minimalism contribute to success? You know, I, I would say no. Um, I, I don't, I mean, I know a lot of successful people, of course, it always depends on your definition of success, but no, I don't think like if you want to be successful, you should be a minimalist. Um, I wasn't in my early days. Most, I know a ton of self-made multimillionaires. They're not minimalists. However, having said that, I do consider myself uh, a minimalist to some degree, and I'm trying hard to really ramp that up. So why? To me, so right now, if um, if you followed me around, I certainly wouldn't look like a minimalist because I own two homes, three cars, a thousand books, you know, tech gear like crazy. And I'm trying to change that, you know. So I have three kids; two are off to college. I've still got one with me, and. I'm not going to put my needs or interests before theirs. And so I want to have a suburban home with a normal setup for, for my son and when he brings his friends over and all those kinds of things. Trust me, the day he's off to college full-time, then it's full-time living in Philadelphia. 
uh, and that place is a smaller place with very little things in it and a very um, sort of modern minimalist style. And I'm trying to get rid of my stuff. I'm literally giving away at, at this time like thousands of dollars of brand new for, like gear and things I've never opened and I'm trying to donate books and all this kind of stuff. So why, why am I doing that? Um, and again, there's no right answer. This is just for me. It, it is, I do think that objects um, can occupy space in your head, if not on your calendar. And they don't mean as much as they used to. And I'm trying to make them mean nothing. I know a lot of people who made um, a lot of money, like when we were in our 30s. And we were all humble beginning kind of people. Didn't have anything growing up worked our butts off in our 20s, you know, made, got multi-million dollar companies and sold them or whatever in our 30s. And it seemed like almost everybody went out and bought cars and vacation homes and racehorses and artwork and just stupid stuff. And I didn't do too much of that, but a little. And it's now 20 years later. We're all like 50 or 50 something. And all these same people that I saw be, you know, get some financial success and buy that stuff, they're all getting rid of it. It's amazing. I mean, the people who loved and dreamed of the Ferraris and stuff, and then they, you know, talked about their Ferrari all the time. I mean, they sold their Ferrari. Um, people are getting rid of their second homes, and it's because I think we're hitting an age where all of a sudden, like we, first of all, it sounds weird, and I sound like it's such an a-hole like you know because it's easy to say it when you have it but like even when you have that fancy sports car or whatever the the it's fun for a while but then it wears off like you get used to it like that becomes the new standard the fun is in the variety or, or or mixing things up and i think we get to an age where we value time way more than anything else and these things take time and um, we just, whether we needed those things for ego or for self-worth, you know, to, to make ourselves feel good or to fulfill a childhood dream, well, we did all that. We got it. And it's like, well, we don't need uh, those objects uh, uh, to, to do that. And so, um, you know, it's funny, James Altucher he once told me that like the, the things that he missed when he went totally minimalist, it's like, you know, his Spock doll, you know, his Star Trek Spock doll from when he was a kid. And so like, those are the things like, I don't ever plan to give everything away, but it is amazing. Like, even like if you've got multiple cars, you've got multiple cars that need maintenance and that break down and that need to get washed or whatever it is. And you can say like, well, if you're, you know, if you're doing well enough to have multiple cars, just have your assistant go take care of it or, or hire a task rabbit person to come and deal with it. And you can do that saves a little bit of time, but there's nothing that is completely free of you. Like even if you wanted your assistant to take your car uh, for its annual inspection and you've got three cars, it's still like, okay, oh, look at that. On my calendar is a reminder about the car. Okay, the, talk to the assistant about what day they will take the car in to get it taken care of and what, you, you gotta leave the keys out or uh, meet them or, um, how are they going to pay for it? you got to give them cash or give them your personal credit card. It's just, I mean, it's a silly example, but whether it's a car 
or whether it's um, a house that all of a sudden, you know, uh, my buddy Mike's shore house that got knocked out in the Jersey hurricane and it's been a year of his life, you know, rebuilding it and dealing with contractors and stuff. You know, whether it's uh, the Philadelphia condo that all of a sudden Philadelphia wants to reassess taxes and now there's lawyers negotiating taxes. Like every object seems to come with something. Now, maybe not a book as much, but as I'm sitting in my office and I love books, um, you know, I've, I literally had, I don't know, over a thousand books. I, I was reading a book a day for a long time and people send me a million books. So, I mean, I'll always keep, not always, but I mean, for a long time, I don't mind having a hundred books of my favorite books around me, but why would I keep the other thousand that are in the boxes that now I need to like, you know, can't find them or I got to worry about the basement flooding or something. I, it's just, you worry about things. I tell, I've got the best financial advisor in the world and uh, John, and I could be full of it, but like, I would like to think, I always tell John, like, listen, I'm willing to risk everything I have and invest everything back into LeadX and I'm willing to lose it all on a dream because I would like to think that for my quote unquote retirement years, I'm never going to retire. That's a death sentence. But in my retirement years, if I had a tiny house, a laptop, you know, uh, give it, give me a MacBook, a connection to the internet, a Netflix account, um, and a Kindle, you know, I'd be good. Like if I can read, if I can write, if I can surf the web and connect with people on social media, if I can watch Netflix movies, you know, have a warm place, warm, dry place to sleep. Like what more do you really need? Right. And I'm sure like you might not be into writing books. You might not be into reading books, but you probably have your thing. Like if you could just have a place to live and watch your favorite football team or, you know, tailgate or whatever, most of what makes us happy is really relationships, uh, our health and, you know, a little bit of, a little bit of fun, a little bit of novelty. And so the minimalism thing, like you don't have to be a minimalist to drive success. But if you adopt the minimalist mindset and you realize that things own you, you don't own things. Well, the more things you have, the more that mind share gets diluted. And you know, the famous example, which I think is a little silly, is like Mark Zuckerberg only wore gray t-shirts for an entire year because he didn't want to deplete his decision-making ability by having to choose a shirt in the morning. Okay, that's BS. Like. <laughs> we are superhumans. Like we, we can, we have the capacity to pick out our clothes in the morning and still make wise decisions. However, all those things do stack up. And so the more we can minimalize what's around us, I do think the more we can focus and make better decisions, but it's like a nice to have. It's not something that we all need to uh, worry about. Wow. Who knew I would go uh, 20 minutes talking about random minimalism, but that is it. And friends, you know me, I think we are all leaders and we are all leading all of the time because we are influencing those around us, whether we want to or not. Question is, are you leading them in the right direction or the wrong direction? So the question for you specifically is, how are you going to lead today? <laughs>